featuring interviews and commentary from Animal Rights Zone, the online social network for humans who seek justice for other animals. You can find us on the web at www.arzone.net. I'm your host, Carolyn Bailey. In today's episode, we're very happy to welcome back to AR Zone noted author Ruby Ross. Ruby, who's lived vegan since 2003, is an artist, designer and activist and is the author and illustrator of four vegan books for children. That's Why We Don't Eat Animals, published in 2009, 2012's Vegan is Love, Having Heart and Taking Action, These for Vegan, The ABCs of Being Kind from 2013 and most recently, The Help Yourself Cookbook for Kids, 60 Easy Plant-Based Recipes Kids Can Make to Stay Healthy and Save the Earth, published in 2016. In addition to her degrees in art and American studies, Ruby has researched animal agriculture, health, nutrition and the benefits of a plant-based diet for nearly a decade. Her books have been featured throughout the world in the press and translated into numerous languages. Ruby joins us today to talk about her passion for teaching children about kindness, social responsibility and the benefits of veganism. Hi Ruby, thanks for being with us here today. Really happy to be back talking to you guys, thank you. You're very welcome Ruby. Ruby, as I mentioned in the intro, this is your fourth book, congratulations. It's another beautifully illustrated and thoughtfully written book. Thank you. Obviously children are your target audience, but how mindful are you Ruby of the watchful eyes of parents who after all have to approve of and probably pay for the purchase of the book? I've always considered parents, I think with my first three books which were made specifically for vegan families, I knew that it would be parents who would be purchasing the book um, to bring home and, and use as a jumping off point for conversation. With my new book, The Help Yourself Cookbook for Kids, um, it's written directly to children in, you know, kids speak, um, but I assume that parents are going to be there um, helping guide the kids and um, watch over them as they get into the kitchen. Um, And you um, actually address parents at the start of the book as well, don't you? Yes. I wrote a letter to parents kind of encouraging them to get kids into the kitchen. I know a lot of parents can be ambivalent about letting kids in because they're afraid they're going to make a mess or they're going to hurt themselves. Um, But my philosophy is that kids are much more capable than society gives them credit for and um, that kids learn whenever it is we decide to teach them. So that, that note to parents is really about, you know, if we want our kids to live healthfully, and have a quality of life as they grow up and learn about how to create a sustainable world, uh, we need to let go of that worry and and involve them in the kitchen. Hi, Ruby. It's Tim. What's the feedback been from parents? And have you heard from any um, teachers or educators who've used your books or incorporated them in any way in their lesson plans or classrooms? Yeah, the feedback has been great. I mean, I, I... feel like I'm connected to a a worldwide community of vegans and um, animal rights activists. And the way that my first three books especially get into schools and in front of school children are mostly through teachers and activists, not through actual public, you know, or private school systems. Um, 
which are, I think, not progressive enough yet to invite veganism fully into the lesson plans. Um, but they are definitely resources that people are using to explain their own choices, whether it's dietary or in terms of um, entertainment and clothing, um, to start conversations with kids. And the books, again, have been translated into multiple languages, so they're reaching a wide variety of vegan communities around the world. And the new book, the cookbook, um, is really, I think, my first foray into the mainstream because it's just about food and what kids can make very simply and healthfully in the kitchen. So the word vegan isn't even on the cover. Um, I just wanted to make it as accessible to the most people as possible. Ruby, you've been able to mix something that you're obviously very passionate about, your art, mix it with your advocacy for other animals. Do you have any advice for others who might be similarly passionate about something else, music, dance or even sport, and how they might incorporate their passion into their advocacy? I always encourage people to start wherever they are. Um, you know, if you're a student in college, um, I, I advise people to start there. Um, start using your time. You know, you do have extra time or to, to volunteer or to leaflet. Um, you know, if you're a makeup artist in that field, you can become the vegan makeup artist and start introducing clients to cruelty-free products and products without um, animal testing. Um, you know, I, I think the vegan point of view is so needed in so many different industries and um, arenas that we people don't have to reinvent the wheel or become something that they're not um, in order to start doing activist work. Um, but I think if you tend toward... Um, being the artist type or the you know a musician, um, there are always ways to find um, the mix of your passion and activism. You said that you left off the word vegan from the cover of the book. Have you noticed any differences between how children react to the word vegan as opposed to how adults react? Um, I think. Kids in general are very diplomatic about the word um, and about really anything when it comes to animals because they don't understand, you know, whether ve whether they're vegan or not, they don't understand why humans would uh, continue any practices that harm animals. Um, um, the reason that I use the word plant-based versus vegan on the cover um, is because I really wanted to connect to a new audience um, that may have have heard that my books are specifically vegan, um, my fr and that my first three books were. They were made for families that were already vegan and raising their kids this way that wanted to talk about it. Um, this cookbook, I wanted it just to be about engaging kids in the kitchen and helping kids create an authentic relationship to real food. And I wanted there to be no obstacles and no um, ambivalencies for the parents to, to pick up this book. You know, that a lot of parents would worry with my, uh, with my other books that their kids would be converted when they didn't want them to be. Um, but there's no such, um, no such obstacle with the cookbook. It's just 
whole foods. And um, I think although I've seen the society's reaction change to the word vegan, where it's not as scary as it was in 2009 when my first book came out, I think that plant-based still um, is a more accessible word to most people. I gather that you've um, had interviews with so-called mainstream media sure. for, your, for your books, right? So how, how, do, how, do, how do those people react to you? What do they make of it? Well, the mainstream media loves conflict, and so they have treated my first three books um, um, in light of that as controversial and uh, used the idea of a, a children's book about veganism to kind of create debate and controversy. So when I've been on major media um, for my first three books, um, they were generally not celebrating what I was doing, but um, creating a story where there was argument and debate. So, you know, on Fox News, I debated a child psychologist who thought that my books were too scary um, to speak about with with children, um, you know, which to me, if, if factory farming and meat and dairy are too scary to talk about, they're certainly too scary to eat. Um, so... I, I like how the the segments turned out because I think that in their quest to create controversy, they, the media made themselves look bad um, by proving my point that animal agriculture is scary and awful. And if we can't discuss it with kids, then there's an issue at the root of the industry. Ruby, I've seen the Fox interview with the child psychologist and firstly, congratulations. I think you did a wonderful job. Thank you. Um, but he didn't actually offer any argument from what I recall. He, he simply said, don't buy this book. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he didn't actually offer even a critique of the book. It was just like, don't buy it. Yeah, it kind of turned into uh, less about an argument less about my book than me you know, defending veganism as a whole um but he where we where we certainly disagreed was that he thought you know that the, the topic of for example animal testing was going to just create so much fear and a child that he just found that to be abusive and my point was you know the only thing that's in my book is a picture of some animals in cages you know and some of them have ouchies and they look sad you know, I, I think that's a reasonable place to talk about something that kids can actually have an effect on and learn about supply and demand and how their choices affect the public realm. Absolutely. I agree with you. In the book's introduction, Ruby, you inspire the reader to make a difference, to change the world and to help yourself. You, um, I love that part of all of your books and I love the way that you were able to get an ethical message into a children's cookbook as well but you do so with encouragement and positivity so I, I mean I think that that's a wonderful aspect of the book. At what age do you think children can begin to really understand how interconnected all living beings are? I think they understand it inherently to some degree from birth um, when you see kids wanting to pet a kitty, you know, before they can even talk, they're acknowledging another life form 
and recognizing that there's life there. Um, so my philosophy is that it's never too early to begin talking to kids about how their choices affect the public realm, um, whatever that means, from animals to food to clothing and entertainment. Yeah, I, I, I actually find that a lot. I have a, um, live with a border collie, and when I take her walking, we have children coming up to us all the time. Can I pat her? Can I pat her? And yeah. they, they're just, they're instantly drawn to her. So I completely agree with you. Do you think that adults fully understand that we're all interconnected, especially when we start thinking about, for example, the 75% of the earth that's covered by the oceans? Um, I think it's something that we uh, are born with and that is kind of bred out of us. Um, you know, I think humans have basically become domesticated animals ourselves where we've, we've become trained um, on how to eat, live, and think. And, uh, you know, meat eating is the default choice in general, unless you're raised vegan, which is happening more and more. Um, but unless you choose otherwise, you you basically grow up um eating animals and not making any connections. And I think the destruction that animal agriculture causes um, from health to energy to soil and the environment, um, it's so gargantuan and so new in society that people are still pretty blind to what they're participating in. Do you have any thoughts on how to engage with parents and with adults in general to help them understand these issues better and to help them understand the importance of veganism? Well, one, I think the best thing anybody can do is be a great shining example of veganism, you know, from their health to their energy to caring about the people around them. Um, and then I find that because everybody is different and everybody has different interests, that it's really good as activists for us to not just talk all the time, but listen and uh, really listen in for what people are interested in. You know, if, if there's a mom whose, you know, number one interest in life is being a mother, you know, an interesting conversation to get into with this person is um, about the separation of calves from their mothers. Um, or, or if someone is interested in sports, you know, there's so many vegan athletes now. You know, it's an interesting conversation to bring up. Well, there's all these people who are um, excelling in their field um, on plant-based diets. That's so interesting. So I think it's good for us to kind of be versed um, on all the motives and um, behind veganism. And when we're talking to people, try to really... Uh, tune in like a psychologist would to what this particular person is interested in. I think our answers to people are don't have to be cookie cutter. And, um, you know, when, when we really listen and tune into people, they pay more attention. And I think really all of us are vegan at heart. We just don't know it yet. So um, that was certainly the case for me. It took someone pointing out um, something about politics and social justice um, to get me interested in veganism and pay attention. Ruby, do you have any plans to write books for teenagers or young adults? You know, I think that 
by the time kids are in their teens, um, it's such an age where they're kind of anti-authoritarian anyway and kind of interested in subculture and counterculture that I think at that age they can read what adults read, you know, whether that's skinny bitch or, or you know, which is actually, I think, um, kind of appealing to teens. Um, but there's, I think by that age, they, especially because kids grow up so fast these days and are exposed to so much through technology that, um, that there's already a good amount of books out there that teenagers can handle. So because I'm an artist before I'm a writer, I will probably stick to um, picture books and art books. Do you have any suggestions on how we might be able to instill in young children the confidence to talk about veganism and about the plight of other animals to their friends and relatives and teachers? Yes. Um, I've been thinking a lot about this, and the biggest piece of advice I can give is, again, to treat, you know, you don't have to treat kids like kids. Um, They are capable beings, and I think if there's a child who, you know, really loves being a vegan activist um, and wants to talk about it in school, it's just important for parents to help prepare them for the obstacles and challenges, and I think the best way to do that is kind of Um, practice the frequently asked questions. So I think as parents and as teachers um, who know kids who want to be activists, just start asking them, you know, kind of tough questions that we know are coming from other people and let them start to formulate their own values and opinions um, so that when those challenges come up or there's pushback from people that they talk to, they don't necessarily feel like backing down or quitting, but that they realize this is something they've already thought about and that they have an answer to. How long does it take you to um, illustrate a book like this? This new book was a couple of years in the making um, because of the way we shot it where some of the illustration was actually in the photos and some of the illustration was on top. Um, There was a tremendous amount of planning beforehand, Uh before the actual photo shoot. Yeah. So how big a production is it? um, I mean, like how many people are involved? I mean, obviously you do the creative and and that, but then what what kind of team gets assembled to put together something like this? um, I got a photographer um, and a food stylist and everything we did was natural light and we didn't, we didn't paint anything to make it look prettier like they do in commercials and, um, commercial advertising. Um, but she was, the stylist was very helpful in in making the food look fun and just setting everything up. So there was no distortion, you know, with the photograph. Um, but besides them, you know, my sister helped me during the five days of photo shooting and the rest of the layout and book design um, and cleaning up of photos and color correcting was all in my hands. Wow. Ruby, finally, where did you find all the recipes for the book? Have you tested and tasted them all yourself? And do you have any favorites? Yes, these are all my recipes. So basically, I took what I make at home because I'm someone who would 
pretty much 99% of the time eat in or make myself something than eat out at a restaurant. So what I did was just kind of codify um, my go-tos into, um, you know, a list of ingredients and some very, very simple directions. Um, and my go-tos that are actually in the book, um, you know, my favorite ones rather are the greens, the kale salads. Um, I actually just made one a couple minutes ago. Um, but the kale salads are actually something we make in our household all the time. And my 11-year-old stepdaughter has become so good at making them that she's kind of in charge of making greens um, for the whole family when we eat dinner. That's very cool. Ruby, we appreciate so much your time today. Is there anything else you'd like to speak about before we say goodbye? I would just encourage people to follow me um, at my website, wedonteatanimals.com, or on Instagram at ruby underscore roth, R-O-T-H, or also at wedonteatanimals. Um, I have different accounts for art and then one that's specifically for all things vegan. Um, so I love connecting with this community around the world and it's my honor to be part of it. So I like to see people's faces. <laughs> That's lovely, Ruby. If we're overseas and we're looking to get the book, can we get that from the website? Yes, I ship signed books um, worldwide, but I'm also happy when people ask their local bookstores and book carriers to order them um, for them. And the books are available you know, wherever books are sold around the world, so they are easy to find locally. Thanks Ruby. Thank you again for joining us in AR Zone today. It's always such a pleasure to visit with you and thank you especially for all the work you continue to do on behalf of both humans and other animals. Thank you and thank you for all of your work as well. Thank you Ruby. Thanks Ruby. Thank you for listening to AR Zone. Please visit us online at www.arzone.net and look for us on iTunes.